Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EFAS, the podcast that you never saw coming. For our very first episode, host J19 sits down with the acclaimed actor Toby Kibble and surprisingly has a 95-minute conversation with him. We will call this first episode Part 1 of Toby Kibble Reveal on the EFAS, the podcast that you never saw coming. Enjoy. Hello, Toby. How you doing? Hello, kind sir. I'm good. How are you? I am great. I am great. It is great to hear your voice. Hadn't talked to you in a minute other than text messages. But I am so glad that you have uh, honored the ephus and myself as the first guest. I jump off guest, the inaugural guest. Well, that's it. Yeah. What a what an honor. What an honor. No, what a great mine. a great title for a for a podcast, man. The Ephus. I only learned that coming to America. That's the, the baseball pitch, right? That's uh, difficult to see. It's slower. Right, right, Around right. Fifty plus, yeah. Right. It looks like one thing, but it's something else. It's, yes, sir. It, yeah. It's the it's the podcast you never saw coming. It's you. It's you, John Henry. That's what it is. I tell you. <laughs> Yeah. You are the ethos. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well. Hopefully, uh, you don't put this pressure on me. They're gonna see me coming now. Sure. <laughs> you can always edit that out. You can do it as you like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, the the thing about it when I was putting this together, the first person I thought about doing this with is with you, because it's something about you when we first met. It yeah. was just this uh this connection. I mean, we met like true. It, it, it was a serious connection. So yeah. I like to start every uh, podcast off, being that this is the first one, but I will start everyone off with something like this here. What have you learned about yourself in this COVID moment and time? You know, since we're here, everyone's being been put in their chambers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Properly, yeah. we've yeah. been learning something about ourselves and each other. You know, they said domestic abuse is up. And all kind of other things are up. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, and I, so people. So I've been asking people this question, and I, and I know that if I ask you that question, I'm gonna get a real answer. Everyone else is just kind of brushing me off. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's an excellent question, and and the truth is, um, the the way you phrased it and and what you said before. I mean, you know, I'm thankful. I very rarely dwell on the past. Uh, I think you know, sometimes I look back and I, I might feel a little embarrassed about something I said or did or the way something went down. I see it as growth. And, you know, the way you phrased it made me think back, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky in many ways, shapes and forms, but I tell you, I'm very lucky. I wasn't at my home address where I grew up during this this uh you know pandemic because you know being trapped in that house especially with someone who who needed alcohol you know someone who needed to drink and used every excuse in the world to get hold of that drink i think you know i count my blessings but um what this has taught me you know I, i'm very i'm very insular in many ways you know when when i'm working on a script or 
trying to write something and picking myself to pieces or, you know, deliberating over whether a fact's correct or whether it matters or, you know, whether someone should walk a certain way or say a certain thing. I find myself spending a lot of time alone, you know, and sometimes uh, that's at the expense of, you know, for example, my, my lovely, uh, my lovely partner and wife, Ariel, that's at her expense. You know, I may, may ignore her while she's in the room. Um, but that's because I need that internal dialogue. I need that conversational time. And I think looking back, I learned a lot of that growing up in the environment I grew up in, you know, a lot of, I have three brothers and a sister. There's, there's five of us. And I have, you know, a mother and a stepfather all living in, in a three bedroomed house, which was luxurious for many in, in the neighborhood I grew up in, you know, so, uh, we were lucky, you know, two of my brothers had a room they shared and, and me, my, my brother next to me, Dominic and my sister, we shared a room. Um, so there were many times where I had to pull into a world. And I think that during this COVID time, I think, I've either been very lazy or I've just kept my habit going because I've kind of lived that same existence, you know, when things like this happen, when I'm not working, I wake up at 5 a.m. I go and do my workout on the road. Uh, you know, I, I run the road or I find a, a chin up bar in a park or that I've always worked with body weights. I never really use a gym, so I wasn't missing that. I very rarely have dinner unless it's a meeting that I have to attend. Somebody wants me to attend uh, auditions. I'm lucky I work. So most of the time I send my things in on, on video. You know, I record them myself. I like them right. myself. Right. And I'm living that same life. So I'm either blessed or, or I'm uh, stuck in my ways. I can't decide which, but, but that's the, uh, that's the existence I've been living with. And what it's taught me is, I'm I'm very happy. I'm I'm lucky I made myself live a life that I'm happy living, you know, and I see the troubles and I see the pain so many are going through and I want to help. But I also in the back of my mind as a human, I, I feel the luck that I have that I that I managed to to make my life a happy one one that that i have a lot of control and uh and, and comfort in you know right right well you know that's uh the first thing that 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 uh hit me about you was uh one and, and i can say this because most people don't know but i've been a drill instructor in the marine corps i picked that up immediately about you that you were a very disciplined person but yeah. you were a very humble person and most people in your position, aren't, they, they're not humble at all. Because there were yeah. a few people on that set that we were on. By the yeah. way, I met Toby on Fantastic Four. We did yes, Fantastic sir. Four together. In Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yeah, with the beautiful movie. Reggie Carthy, right? Right, right. Reggie right. sadly passed. Right. One that, and Reggie, you and I were very... Yeah. Uh, very close. We, yeah, we connected really well on that. Yeah, in fact, indeed. I was... I was with Reggie, sitting. With, I was with him up to the day he died. Yes, I sir. left that morning from his apartment. Yeah, he told me he was like, "John, just go do the audition. I'll be yeah. here when you get back." Yeah, and uh, I was getting all these phone calls doing the audition, yeah. asking me how he was, and I'm like, "What you talking about? I just left him. He's fine." Yeah, I come to find out, his uh, his girlfriend called me later and said, "I texted her right right after I finished the audition." Mm. She said, 
oh, I'm sorry, John, it's just been so crazy. TMZ, everyone's out in the apartment. I'm getting all these calls. I forgot to tell you. I mean, I still had my stuff at his house because one of the reasons I was there is because I told Reggie, I was like, well, how would I be a nurse? I'm your friend. You need someone to help take care of you. Why would not I I not come and help you? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And uh, and I'm saying that because I know you would do the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he just as a man, just what a blessing he was, you know, and and a man who, who also enjoyed solo company i mean he had his instruments that you know kept him company and he'd often say that you know i'm gonna go spend some time yeah you know, with my yeah. trumpet so and yeah fun, it is and it's funny i'm like that too and yep. so it, i'm listening to you i knew i didn't realize i knew about your family but mm. we i grew up this it was eight of us right it was uh six of us six boys in one room so it's seven boys and one girl Boy. so it was six boys in one room yeah and my sister and my baby brother uh, was in the room together, uh-huh. and then my mom and dad in a three bedroom house. Yeah, yeah, yep. with one with one restroom. <laughs> yeah, so ten people using one restroom. Yes, sir. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's another yeah. thing that I see. I mm. went to Catholic school too, and you went to Same. Catholic school. Yeah, yeah. The boy and I yep. was out. But the thing about it is that uh, how we really met, I was a stand in for Reggie. Yeah, and so we were coming in to do a scene and you were sitting behind the desk, Dr. Doom, that is. Yeah. Sitting behind the desk. Yeah. And you had your feet up. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. It was just, even the way you were sitting on the desk with your feet up, yeah. you just had this, you had this thing about you. Yeah. And so, you know, real recognized real. Indeed. That's what we say. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Indeed. 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 Yeah. yeah. We had lunch together that day. I remember Reggie said at one point, he's like, man, you know, sometimes I feel like I stand in for John Henry, you know? And I was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> really? He yeah. That? <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. He said that at lunchtime, just, you know, what he meant was, you know, your, your character, your kind of charisma, your, your generosity as a man, you know, he, he, he really appreciated that because, you know, at that point there's always, there's there's hierarchies on set you know there's hierarchical behavior sometimes and and if you don't play into it it doesn't exist right right and that was but 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 everyone else has to agree you know what i mean those who don't want to play don't play together right so i I think that was what our little squadron was about our little grouping was uh we don't need to play that if if someone's a good person that's who they are you're right you know it doesn't matter what their upbringing was or where they're from uh, you can recognize it. And that's, yeah, it's a beautiful way to say it. Real recognizes real. Exactly. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons why I can really say that is because you were, in, you and Reggie, but more you so, because mm. I wouldn't stand in for you. I stand in for no, yeah, you. Yeah. You were like, when we go to lunch, you're like, hey, man, you come and sit with us? Yeah. I'm like, sit with y'all. And yeah. you know, like you said, the hierarchies, stand ins usually don't sit with. No, no, yeah, it's nonsense. With, with number one, yeah, number twos. Yeah, it's nonsense. It's right. nonsense. And so yeah. you was like, and so people were like, where are you going? When yeah. you get lunch, I'm yeah. like, hey, they invited me to their table. Yeah. You know? and, and funnily enough, the same thing was happening. So I'm talking to actors and producers and directors who are like, well, where are you having lunch? You want to come to my trailer? I'm like, no, I'm sitting in the, in the food hall. Right. I, I like people. You know, my job right. is people, you know, my job is observation, you know, so right. I enjoy that, you know. Right. And so it got to the point where people were saying, they literally were saying at lunchtime, where well, we know where you're going to be sitting at. 
was like, it kind of peed me off for a minute. Right, right. It also made me feel, it also made me realize these people don't even understand what, no. what the world is all about. That's so, it. Yeah. And, 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 and my response would be, no, I don't know. Mm. Because I don't, I don't, I don't know where they're going to be sitting at. Wherever mm. they're going to be sitting at, they're going to invite me. Mm. And, and we we made a connection. That's it. So so I'm gonna sit with them. And really, it, it got to be a little jealousy on there because uh, your stand-in uh, was like, "Why does he like you? I, I yeah. didn't know him. I stood in for him at, when you was in Planet of the Apes. That's and right. I didn't, know, yeah. I didn't yeah. know he stood in for you at Planet yeah. of the Apes in New Orleans. Yeah. And so when he told me that that day, I said, "I don't know. You know, you've known him longer than me. Why, yeah. why don't you ask him?" Yeah, and he's same deal. He was invited to lunch. You know, we sat, and we had that together. It just, you know, it, it becomes it becomes that attitude of sometimes when we, when we do things and we achieve, sometimes it, it it reaffirms something for us, right? So if we think, okay, here's my artwork, people like it, so therefore something's affirmed. But all that's really been affirmed is that you have imposed your art out there. It doesn't make you any more relevant or special or precious. Absolutely. And so when you get to a position and you start to, in your own groups, the people you walk with, your tribe, and you start to say, well, no, I'm actually a little bit different from that. It, it, it bucks with them. They don't, they don't understand. It's like, no, no, we, we can know him, but, you know, like, I, we, we don't do that. And, and that's the thing that's really sad, you know, because people impose it on themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. They hear and, what know, other people say and they believe it, you know, and that's that's right. lack of knowledge, you know, that's Absolutely. lack of wisdom. Right. It's that, it's that glass ceiling that they put on themselves that they sure. don't even know. Yeah, which we yeah. talked about a lot. We talked about that with, with acting, with with belief systems, with structures, with, you know, with physicality, you know. You're a very physical Absolutely. person as am I, you know. And... Absolutely. Yeah. And so this leads right into this, the second question. Mm. You pretty much answered it already. How does one get a true perspective of, of oneself? You know, uh, it, it's an excellent question for many reasons, because perspective of yourself is always so difficult. But I found, I think, the most important thing is, you know, you, you grow up without, you know, whatever it is, money or love or affection, or if you grow up without, you're looking for that thing the rest of your days and people right. say there's a hole that can't be filled and i'm not sure that's real it just depends which hole you're actually trying to fill if if you grew up without affection and you go out looking for affection and you find it you, you can fill that hole but if you try and fill it with something else you won't fill that hole and i think that's missing from that piece of information for me when i was trying to understand what was meant by that and then I started to realize what I was looking for was comfort, right? So you live in a house, you understand what sharing a bathroom with, with a large number of people is or a bedroom or, you know, whatever it is. And then in the military and all, all of those different levels of sharing, you want a piece for yourself and, and you want some comfort. Right. And I started to search for comfort. I wanted comfort. I wanted comfort. I wanted something nice and a comfortable chair. And wouldn't it be nice to get that and a comfortable bed? And then I realized that those things are important. But what I was missing was being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Right. I was missing being okay with things being uncomfortable. And it happened in, in sporadic little moments. I found it. I was like, I'm pretty comfortable here. You know, I see other people suffering with this moment. You know, it could be extreme heat in the Sahara Desert while we're shooting a movie, right? Right. You should be in luxury, the lap of luxury, you know, 
but it's hard to get that stuff out there and one truck fails and that truck's got all the food or it's got all the chairs or it's got whatever on it that takes away a piece of your comfort and you're actually okay you know you're in full armor you're in whatever you are and you're kind of okay you know actually things aren't too bad there were glimpses for me throughout my life and career where i was like i'm okay with things that aren't necessarily comfortable for everyone else right. and the older i got the more i realized that's what makes me soft just having comfort when everything's comfortable now it might be because of the way i grew up it might be that i've got a slightly skewed view on life because of what my existence had been to that point but even when I meet people who haven't had my upbringing, who've had a kind of what we would call cushy or a kind of comfortable upbringing, and they come to that world of doing more chin-ups than they thought they could or doing more push-ups than they thought they could or running further than they thought they could, followed by push-ups and followed by chin-ups and followed by burpees. It is a place where you can find something magical. And I think what that is, is perspective on yourself. You know, I think that's what it is. You finally glean a perspective. And I started to realize when no one's pushing me, right? When I don't have a drill instructor, when I don't have a, a coach screaming at me, what I realized was I'm pushing myself. Therefore, I'm doing this for myself. This is actually a celebration of my body, not a Absolutely. test. It's not a test. And once I could change that in my mind, I started to realize I don't know. It started to become kind of odd that I was looking for it, you know? So I started to stop looking for just pure comfort and started to look for those moments where I felt uncomfortable because they made me feel alive. And I think a lot of times when people do that with drink or with drugs, it's just the misguided because at certain moments I've sat with a drunk who believes he has clarity on himself. Right. 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 But he, he's not going to remember in the morning and he can't really remember how he got there. But he's done the same thing. He's pushed himself to a very place, filled his body with poison. Let's not beat around the bush. Alcohol's right, yeah, poison. Absolutely. I'm not trying to demonize it, but I'm just saying it's poison. That's why our body gets drunk and we get woozy. And when he's pushed himself to that level, right, he's intoxicated himself to that level, he gets a moment of clarity. And I think it's, it's something similar. I don't know whether it's the healthy version, doing the workout, pushing your body, but it certainly feels better to me. And I know how I got there. And I remember what I felt when I got there. So that's, that's, that's really, for me, that, that's my answer for that. Yeah, it's a great answer because, you know, I'm hearing, even though I don't, you wasn't in the military, you, no. you sound like you was. I mean, the thing, one <laughs> yeah. of the, one of the, no, really, one of the things that as a drill instructor, you know, in the Marine Corps, you're teaching people how to survive in the worst conditions right. there is, right. which is ultimately war. Right. Where you may you may not have some of those things like you said supplies chairs right. all that right. so you have to be the person that keeps his head or her head yeah and and and, and are comfortable being uncomfortable yeah. are the ones that come back home on the average that's it yeah it's true or, or, or accomplish the mission however yeah. you want to do it yeah or or, or gets that uh, or, or makes that character comes alive that's it on, on, on film or even within themselves that's make it themselves come alive. That's it. And I feel, you know, I often enjoy the company of, of men and women who've been in the military purely because, you know, again, not to not to judge or pass judgment or, or, or really uh, degrade my upbringing. But, you know, when you live with someone who's a violent alcoholic, you 
find yourself in a position that is a war zone. Right. You are at war with that person. If you don't agree, if you don't abide, you are at war. They don't take, they don't take it lightly. And it's, it's a shame that I grew up in that environment where my friends had it, right? So I wasn't, I wasn't isolated. And in many ways, I was lucky for that. I didn't have to go to school and pretend none of it happened. I could go and talk right. to my friends and be like, oh, yeah, man, he came home and he didn't have his shoes, you know, or he came home and someone had cut his hair at the back or, you know, he came home with, right. a, you know, 10 friends and they sat around until four o'clock in the morning. I had a, a, an ability to share. And that's the other part I find with a lot of, of military people is they have those moments with others that you share. And I feel like we had a little bit of it, you know, where you share in the privacy of everyone's milling around doing what needs to be done job wise, but you're having a little private understanding and a little private conversation. And those are special. They're precious, right? Cause they're, they're true sharing. Absolutely. That's, and, uh, what up to now. Uh-huh. that's yeah. it. That's it. But it's yeah. discipline that gets you there. You know, and I, a lot of people ask me, you know, motivation, you know, how do you, how do you get motivated? And honestly, I get motivated. I get motivated by discipline. I don't need someone to tell me uh, uh, the way someone did a certain thing. I'm impressed by them, and I think it's fantastic. And I, I, I'll happily read it or listen to it. But truth be told, what makes me turn up, what makes me wake up at my alarm at five o'clock when I don't have to? There's no reason. That's right. It's for me. It's a selfish thing in, in a way you could look at it that way. And, and I enjoy that element of it. Like I'm doing something for me. You know, sometimes it's important to have selfishness and. But the right selfishness. Precisely. You know the right. selfishness that doesn't detract from others. Absolutely. And this world is becoming very narcissistic. I didn't want to get I didn't want to get into the, the military thing, but it, it was. No, no. But form. yeah, but it's yeah, true. But yeah, yeah, it's true. It's and, and, and I noticed that. And if I've ever done any training, you know, I got some excellent training from some people working with with weaponry or, or yeah I saw, that. I saw that online yeah I, I the proper way to move like, yeah all mm-hmm. of those guys i feel the same about i feel that they understand what gets us there and it's discipline thank you for listening to the ephus the podcast that you never saw coming that concludes part one of the four part Toby Kibble Reveal Conversation. To keep up and find out more about upcoming episodes and giveaways for reviewing and subscribing to the EFAS, go to at J19Henry on Instagram and Twitter. That's at J19Henry on Instagram and Twitter. The EFAS, the podcast that you never saw coming.